Good morning, and peace be with you. Um, do I have somebody to read announcements this morning? I do. Ta-da! Thank you, Ed. <laughs> Is that better? Okay. Forgot about the microphone. Uh, I'm glad everyone's here. I like everyone wearing red. It's a good thing. I said, some of the sitting up front heard that. Uh, I wanted to let you know that there's been a change in our council meetings uh, this coming month. Instead of the second Saturday, it'll be the first Saturday. So the first Saturday of the month uh, will be the, uh, our council meeting at 9.30. Everyone is welcome that would like to attend. So I would like to invite people to come in and find out what's going on as we prepare for the new year. Um, the other thing I wanted to let you know is that in, uh, in the back, when you come in, there's a list of people that are homebound members. Uh, they probably would like to hear from you if you get a chance or write them a note or call them. Uh, there's probably more than this, but this is a good start for those of you that would like to uh, maybe uh, uh, give, them, give, them, give them a holler. The other thing that I uh, wanted to let you know was that... Um, all Saints Sunday is next Sunday. So um, if you haven't given Ashley a list of the people that you'd like to recognize that have passed away recently, I think it's still early enough to get that in. So other than that, Pastor, did I miss anything? It's good for me. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, um. You know what? Uh, that's a good question. Pastor Mike. And um, we are not in participation or help mode on any of that. Um, so this is, this is their, their deal. And the reason I'm making that distinction, Louie, is because we had insurance people come in this week and talk to us about things that are going on. And so at our next council meeting, we're going to be talking about AB 506, is that about right? Yeah, AB 506 and how it pertains to the churches and liability and all that stuff. So yes, there is a community event that is being put on by our sister church, not affiliated with us, but our tenants that are going to have trunk or treat out there and all kinds of fun things. And if you'd like to bring grandchildren there or you know come and trunk or treat yourself, jump in the bounce house, come. Um, but we will not be in partnership with them on this. Did I think I said that right? We are given a donation to it. That's what we, for all this month, uh, to help them in their furtherance of the gospel to a world that needs to hear it. Yeah, that's where we're at. So, okay. Oh, it is. It is. It is. And so there's, because it's happening on a Monday, you know, we had some shuffling around to do and, and Ashley, you know, had lots to do to get other obligations we had with other groups that meet and so forth. So it's going to be a great time. And if you want to come and bounce in the bounce house, come. All right. I'm not supposed to do this, but take it away, Tim. Am I, I can do that. Oh, 
everybody, Nick <laughs> Del Pasilla is here again, and thank you very much. I am so used to having, you know, him go like this, and I'm teasing him. So thank you, Nick, again, for blessing us with your gifts and your time and your talents. And so let us sing as unto the Lord. Please stand if you're able.
We come together this morning in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open and all desires are known, and from whom no secrets are hid, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, God, who is faithful and just, will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Let us confess our sins to God our Father, most merciful God. We confess that we are by nature sinful and unclean. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We justly deserve your present and eternal punishment. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us, forgive us, renew us, and lead us, so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your holy name. Amen. Almighty God in his mercy has given his Son to die for you, and for his sake he forgives you all of your sins. And as your called and ordained servant of Christ, and by his authority, I therefore declare to you the entire forgiveness of all of your sins in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace from above and for our salvation, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace of the whole world, for the well-being of the church of God, and for the unity of all, let us pray to the Lord. For this holy house, and for all who offer here their worship and praise, let us pray to the Lord. Help, save, Comfort and defend us, gracious Lord. This is the feast of victory for our God. Alleluia. Worthy is Christ, the Lamb who was slain, whose blood
Let us pray. O Lord, stir up the hearts of your faithful people to welcome and joyfully receive your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ, that he may find in us a fit dwelling place who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. You may be seated. Good morning. The first reading today is taken from the book of Isaiah, chapter 1, verses 10 through 18, and can be found in the Pew Bible on page 1060, 1060. So it's Isaiah 1, 10 through 18, and God's kind of given the Sodomites and the Gomorrites, whatever you call them, they're giving them a tongue lashing. So hear the word of the Lord, you rulers of Sodom, and listen to the instruction of our God, you people of Gomorrah. The multitude of your sacrifices, what are they to me, says the Lord? I have more than enough of burnt offerings, of rams, and the fat of fatted animals. I have no pleasure in the blood of bulls and the lambs and goats. When you come to appear before me, who has asked this of you, this trampling of my courts? Stop bringing meaningless offerings. Your incense is detestable to me. New moons, Sabbaths, and convocations, I cannot bear your worthless assemblies. Your new moon feasts and your appointed festivals I hate with all my being. They have become a burden to me. I am weary of bearing them. When you spread out your hands in prayers, I hide my eyes from you. Even when you offer many prayers, I'm not listening. Your hands are full of blood. Wash and make yourselves clean. Take your evil deeds out of my sight. Stop doing wrong. Learn to do right. Seek justice. Defend the oppressed. Take up the cause of the fatherless and plead the case of the widow. Come now, let us settle the matter, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Though they are red as crimson, they shall be like wool. This psalm reading today is uh, 130, which we'll read responsibly. Come out of your bulletins. Psalm 130. Out of the depths I cry to you, Lord. Lord, hear, hear my, my voice. voice. Let, Let your, your ears be attentive, attentive to my, cry, to for my cry for mercy. If you, Lord, kept a record of sins, Lord, who could stand? But with you there is forgiveness, so that we can, reverence with reverence, serve you. serve you. I wait for the Lord. My whole being waits. And in his word I put my hope. I wait for the Lord more than watchmen wait for the morning. More than watchmen wait for the morning. Israel, put your hope in the Lord, for with the Lord is unfailing love, and with him is full redemption. He himself will redeem Israel from all their sins. 
The next reading is from the book of the second book of Thessalonians, chapter one, verses one through twelve, found on page one eight four two in the Pew Bible, eighteen forty two. This is Second Thessalonians one through twelve. It's from Paul, Silas, and Timothy to the church of the Thessalonians in God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace and peace to you from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. We ought always to thank God for you, brothers and sisters, and rightly so, because your faith is growing more and more, and the love all of you have for one another is increasing. Therefore, among God's churches, we boast about your perseverance and faith in all the persecutions and trials you are enduring. All this is evidence that God's judgment is right, and as a result, you will be counted worthy of the kingdom of God for which you are suffering. God is just. He will pay back troubles to those who trouble you and give relief to you who are troubled and to us as well. This will happen when the Lord Jesus is revealed from heaven in blazing fire with his powerful angels. He will punish those who do not know God and do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus. They will be punished with everlasting destruction and shut out from the presence of the Lord and the glory of his might on the day he comes to be glorified in his holy people and to be marveled at among all those who have believed. This includes you because you believed our testimony to you. With this in mind, we constantly pray for you that our God may make you worthy of his calling and that by his power he will bring fruition to your every desire for goodness and your every deed prompted by faith. We pray this so that in the name of our Lord Jesus may be glorified in you and you in him according to the grace of our God and the Lord Jesus Christ. Here ends the reading. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to you, God. shall we go you have the words of eternal life hallelujah the holy gospel according to saint john from the eighth chapter glory to you o lord our gospel this morning does indeed come from John chapter 8, verses 31 through 36, and uh, it's not written in your bulletin with with the page number, so just bear with me. It's only six verses. So Jesus said to the Jews who had believed him, if you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth. And the truth will set you free. And they answered him, We are offspring of Abraham and have never been enslaved to anyone. How is it that you say you will become free? 
Jesus answered them, Truly, truly, I say to you, everyone who practices sin is a slave to sin. And the slave does not remain in the house forever. The son remains forever. So, if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. This is the word of the Lord. Glory to you, O Christ. You may be seated. Will you pray with me? May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. In the name of Jesus, because nothing good comes from any other source. You may have noticed I made an audible call uh, on the gospel this morning, and it will make sense um, as you listen to the proclamation. Today is uh, Reformation Day, and we often ask historians to set a exact time and place for the beginning of, of great changes in history. And the year of the Reformation was 1517, and so if we subtract 1517 from 2022, we get that tomorrow, the 31st of October, is the 505th anniversary of one of those times in history, in one of those places. You see, a professor of Old Testament theology at the University of Wittenberg wanted to hold a discussion concerning the abuse of indulgences. He did what any professor of a university would do. He publicized his desire to debate with other scholars of his day. And he wrote down his talking points, and he posted them on the community bulletin board. And at the time, the community bulletin board was the door of the castle church at Wittenberg. Now, the invitation that he posted was entitled, Disputation on the Power and Efficacy of Indulgences. In this disputation, he had 95 talking points, or what we call theses. And since it was easier to say 95 theses rather than the disputation on the power and efficacy of indulgences, the popular title quickly became The 95 Theses. And that is the title that most of us know today. So when Martin Luther posted the 95 Theses, he had absolutely no idea that he had done anything unusual. He didn't have an appreciation for the recently invented printing press, nor did he have an appreciation for the frustration that boiled just below the surface of European society. And further, his little invitation 
to discuss the power and efficacy of indulgences was like a spark to the fuse of a powder keg of Europe. And although Luther wrote the 95 Theses in the scholarly language of Latin, it took only a few days for the German translations to start rolling off the presses in Germany. And it wasn't long after that that they were translated into most of the other languages throughout Europe. Now, the thing that led Luther to seek out a debate on the topic of indulgences was actually his own struggle. His struggle with what he would later call the monster of uncertainty. The monster of uncertainty. Now, what is that? Well, I'll tell you. Luther's career as a reformer did not begin with the posting of the 95 Theses. Instead, it began within himself, within his own struggle concerning his own salvation that occurred in the quiet of his monastery cell. It was there that he found an unequivocal and satisfying answer to the question which had long perturbed him and many of his contemporaries, and even some today. And that question is, how may I be certain of salvation? Luther would later describe his struggle with these words, and I quote from him, I hated that word, righteousness of God which according to the use and custom of all the teachers, I had been taught to understand philosophically regarding the formal or active righteousness, as they called it, with which God is righteous and punishes the unrighteous sinner. Further, he writes, Though I lived as a monk without reproach, I felt that I was a sinner before God with an extremely disturbed conscience. I could not believe that he was placated by my satisfaction. I did not love. Yes, I hated the righteous God who punishes sinners. And secretly, if not blasphemely, Certainly murmuring greatly, I was angry with God and said, as if, indeed, it is not enough that miserable sinners who are eternally lost through original sin are crushed by every kind of calamity by the law of the Decalogue without having God to add pain to pain by the gospel and also by the gospel threatening us with his righteousness and wrath. He's quite human there. He continues, thus I raged. I raged with a fierce and troubled conscience and nevertheless I beat importunately. I had to look that up because you don't use that very often, and at least I don't. 
So importunately is a, in a beseeching manner. I would describe it, you remember the parable that Jesus told of the uh, unrighteous judge, the judge that neither uh, respected men nor loved God, and the woman kept coming to him over and over and over and over again, and finally he gave up. That was an example of importunately. So in a beseeching manner, Luther calls upon Paul at that place, most ardently desiring to know what St. Paul wanted. At last, by the mercy of God, meditating day and night, I gave heed to the context of the words, namely, in it the righteousness of God is revealed, as it is written, he who through faith is righteous shall live. And there, Luther says, I began to understand that the righteousness of God is that by which the righteousness lives by a gift of God, namely by faith. And this is the meaning. The righteousness of God is revealed by the gospel, namely the passive righteousness with which merciful God justifies us by faith as it is written, he who through faith is righteous shall live. Luther says, here I felt that I was altogether born again and had entered paradise itself through open gates. There a totally other face of the entire scripture showed itself to me. Thereupon, Luther writes, I ran through the scriptures from memory. I also found in other terms an analogy as the work of God, that is, what God does in us, and the power of God with which he makes us strong, the wisdom of God with which he makes us wise, the strength of God, the salvation of God, the glory of God. And I extolled my sweetest word with a love as great as the hatred with which I had before hated the word righteousness of God. And thus, that place in Paul was for me truly the gate to paradise. Luther is, is referencing uh, Paul's letter uh, to the Romans in chapter 3. Now with these words, Luther informed his readers that he finally understood the precious words that Jesus said to the Jews who had believed him. And that was this gospel this morning. Jesus said, If you abide in my word and you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. The goal of the word of God is to set us free. Yes, we should want to abide in God's word simply because it is God's word. And yes, we should want to abide in God's word because it is the truth. 
But even so, in today's gospel, Jesus tells us, he tells us that abiding in God's word gives us freedom. Freedom from sin. Freedom from death. And freedom from the power of the devil. And the Holy Spirit not only uses God's word to deliver the forgiveness of sins to us, he not only uses it to establish faith in us, but he also overcomes that monster of uncertainty with that same word of God. With the word of God, he gives confidence in the salvation that Jesus Christ earned for us on the cross. Listen to the beautiful words that the Holy Spirit inspired Paul to write in Romans 3, 22 through 25. Paul writes, For there is no distinction, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are justified by his grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus whom God put forward as a propitiation by his blood to be received by faith. That word propitiation means that Jesus totally satisfied God's justice with his perfect life and sacrificial death on the cross. And through Jesus Christ, your salvation is already bought and paid for. And it is words like this that the Holy Spirit uses to keep you in the faith that receives eternal life. Now sadly, there are people who reject the free gift of eternal life in Jesus Christ. And when the people in today's gospel heard what Jesus had said, they answered him. Do you remember what they said? Did you kind of cock your head and go, that's weird? They said this, we are offspring of Abraham and we have never been enslaved to anyone. How is it that you say you will become free? John 8, 33. This is pretty strange words for people to say considering that all they had to do was to lift their eyes up, look a little bit to the northeast, and in a fort, they would see Roman soldiers keeping watch on them from the Antonian fortress that was built right next door to the temple. They also seem to have forgotten their exile in Babylon and their slavery in Egypt. But of course, the freedom that Jesus gives us is much more than mere political or physical freedom. The freedom that Jesus gives is freedom from sin. And without that freedom, we are all slaves to sin, as Jesus himself said when he answered them this, truly, truly, 
I say to you, everyone who practices sin is a slave to sin. So when anyone insists that they do not need Jesus, the word of God is there to remind them that we are all conceived and born sinful and all are slaves to sin until Jesus Christ claims us as his own. So the word of God informs us of our need for a Savior by showing our sin to us. And then it tells us who that Savior is. And it tells us what that Savior has done. And then the Holy Spirit uses that same word to call us into faith and keep us in the faith. And it is through faith that we receive the freedom that Jesus earned on the cross, the freedom that Jesus promised in his word. Now on this day, we observe tomorrow's 505th anniversary of Martin Luther nailing the 95 Theses to the church door in Wittenberg. And let us remember that the Reformation really is not about the man, Martin Luther. Instead, it is about the Word of God, the Word of God that makes us free. Martin himself once preached about the Word of God and said this, I opposed indulgences and all the papists, but never by force. I simply taught, preached, and wrote God's Word. Otherwise, I did nothing. And while I slept or drank Wittenberg beer with my friends Phillips and Amstorf, the Word so greatly weakened the papacy that no prince or emperor ever inflicted such losses upon it. He said, I did nothing. The Word did everything. So listen once again to Jesus' words in today's gospel. The Word that showed how it leads to eternal freedom. Jesus said to the Jews who had believed him, if you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you. Amen. In the name of Jesus, amen and amen.
Will you please stand if you're able? Let us now confess together our faith to the words of the Apostles' Creed found on page 3 of your bulletin. I believe in God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell, and on the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Let us pray for the whole church of God in Christ Jesus and for all people according to their needs. Gracious God, you have renewed your church in every age with the voices of those who recall your people to the gospel and who speak your word in all circumstances. Receive our thanks for Martin Luther and those with him who contended for the gospel against many and great enemies. Make us bold that we would also contend for the faith against those who would silence our voices or distract your people from the one true gospel of the crucified and risen Christ. Lord, in your mercy... O Lord, guard and defend us and your holy Christian church throughout the world, that we may be protected from the temptations of the devil, the world, and our own sinful nature. Lord, in your mercy, Lord, make us truly your disciples. Keep us in your word. Free us from all errors and make our homes and families peaceful. Preserve all fathers and encourage them for their godly task that children would be brought up in the fear and instruction of the Lord. Lord, in your mercy, and have mercy on our nation. Give us good and faithful rulers who will govern after your good pleasure. Give us comfort and a right understanding of your rule in this world that we would not be deceived to think earthly powers will last forever, but have confidence in you, you alone. Your kingdom come. Lord, in your mercy, and God of grace, do not let your people fear, though the earth gives way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea. Rescue all people in need. 
those who are in our hearts and in our minds and, and those that we lift up out loud right now. Comfort them with the promise that you are with them. Lord, in your mercy. And blessed Father, you have granted us the privilege of a place at Christ's table. Give us faithful and repentant hearts by your Spirit that we would receive worthily your Son's body and blood and depart to bear his fruit in lives of holiness and humble service. Bless your church through the forgiveness of sins that we would have a clear conscience before you and live at peace with one another. Lord, in your mercy. Lord God, Heavenly Father, we thank you that you have brought us by your word out of the darkness of error and into the light of your grace. Mercifully, help us to walk in that light. Guard us from error and false doctrine and grant that we would not become ungrateful and despise your word, but receive it with all our heart and conduct our lives according to it and put our trust in your grace through the merits of Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. And now may the peace of the Lord be with you always. Let us share the peace. And there's a lot of new people that are old new people and we haven't seen for a while, so give them a, give them a squeeze. Blessed are you, O Lord our God, maker of all things. Through your goodness you have blessed us with these gifts. With them we offer ourselves to your service and dedicate our lives to the care and redemption of all that you have made for the sake of him who gave himself for us, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is, indeed, right and salutary that we should, at all times and in all places, offer thanks and praise to you, O Lord, Holy Father, through Christ our Lord, who on this day overcame death and the grave. And by his glorious resurrection, open to us the way of everlasting life. And so with the church on earth and the hosts of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn, Holy
in the night in which our Lord Jesus took, was betrayed, he took the bread and he gave thanks and then he broke it, giving it to his disciples saying, take and eat. This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And again, after supper, Jesus took the cup and he gave thanks and then he gave it to his disciples saying, take and drink, all of you. This is the new covenant in my blood shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in remembrance of me. For we know that as often as we eat of this bread and drink of this cup, that we proclaim Christ's death, his resurrection, and his glorious coming again. Let us now pray together the perfect prayer that Jesus gave to us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. You may be seated. This is a feast. It is a dark glimpse of that which is coming. That is just a mere bit of the glorious feast of the, for the, the, the bride of Christ when we come together with him. This is, this is God's promise to you that Jesus was the perfect propitiation. Not only did he satisfy God's justice and righteousness, but he satisfied it for all who should believe in him and who he is. All who confess with their mouth that Jesus is Lord. And if that is your confession, then come. This meal is for you. The usher will bring you forward. Come, the table is prepared. And now the benediction. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord look upon you with his favor and grant you his perfect peace. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. And our closing hymn is, All Creatures, Creatures of Our God and King, page 527 in the green hymn.
Let us go in peace and serve the Lord. Thank you, God.